Your MBA podcast purpose is to help existing business owners grow their companies to have the $10 million in revenue per year benchmark. Here is your host, Stephen Halasnik. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halasnik. Over the last 25 years, I've built six companies in the $5 million to $25 million range. And I can't tell you how important it is for a business to have a line of credit so that they can make an investment in their business or even for unexpected emergencies. Our, let it, our line of credit program is easy to understand, uh, easy to get in place, inexpensive when used, and costs nothing to set up, making any great cash back a planet every business should have in place. If you would like to learn more about our line of credit program, please visit us at fscreditline.com. That's FS as in Financing Solutions, creditline.com. Or give us a call at 862-207-4118. If you apply today, we will even give you a $250 credit on file that you can use when you use your line. Just remember the time to set up a line of credit is when you don't need it. So that when you do need it, you have it ready to go and you're approved. Today, I am very excited to be speaking with Steve Edwards from Premier Virtual. Steve Edwards is the founder and CEO of Premier Virtual, which specializes in virtual career fairs. With their extremely easy uh, user interface, hosts can have their events set up within minutes and ready to go live within 24 hours of selecting the date and time. Premier Virtual has perfected the virtual career fair by providing employers with completely customizable booths and with employer interactive hiring rooms that allows the employer to text chat and use the internal video chat to invite the candidate to a live real-time interview. Steve, welcome to today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Thank you. Excited to be here. So today's topic, uh, which you know, I think is a great topic. Uh, you know, before Steve and I uh, went live on the podcast, I said, "Boy, your your business must be booming right now." Um, and, and, and Steve said it's done very, very well, um, is virtual career fairs. The new hiring standard is today's topic. And, you know, the reason, of course, uh, I, I said that is because of the COVID, of COVID or the pandemic and that, um, you know, some of these, uh, 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 virtual career fairs must have really taken off because of course, people are not meeting face to face. So, you know, Steve, Tell us a little bit about, you know, why you got into this industry. Uh, you know, the industry, I don't want to say fell into my lap, but when I got out of the army, I moved down to Florida for college. And after college, uh, I, I got into sales and I was always in sales. Um, and then the company I was with, I, I had traveled, I, I had markets in New York, New Jersey, Florida, and Texas. And I would just try, uh, fly around the country and build sales forces pre-wife, pre-kids, uh, you know, kind of lived on the road. And while I was going to all of these, I was attending job fairs. So I attended every company's job fair that was out there. And then unfortunately, the company that I was working for shut down the division I was in. I didn't want to move to one of the other divisions because I was going to have to move. And I lived in South Florida. And so I went to my business partner. And I said, I got a great idea. We could start putting on job fairs. He's like, job fairs, like that's colleges put on job fairs. And I was like, no, traveling the country, I, I went to all these job fairs and I know a great company out of New Jersey that could, um, does a little bit different type of job fair. And I like what they do. So let's start a job fair company. 
so we did our research, we, you know, put together a plan and we, you know, we started at the time we had bought a license agreement from an organization and we ran job fairs from North Carolina down to Florida, out to Texas and Arizona. And these were evening job fairs geared towards sales companies. So it's very niche specific. Well, Later, and this was back in 2011, and then all of a sudden in 2017, 2018, the numbers started to go down. Candidates stopped coming, right? Because they would rather apply online than wait in line. So when candidates stopped coming, companies stopped coming. So then the revenues started to go down. And I'm like, oh my gosh, now at this point, I got a, you know, a wife, a young child. And I'm like, what am I going to do? And, you know, talking to one of my mentors, he brought up, what about virtual job fairs? He goes, I just landed a virtual reality company. And I think this would be a good mix for you guys to talk with them. So I was like, okay, sounds good. I'd never heard of virtual job fairs before. Saw a demo of the product. And I said, this is amazing. This is the future. I was like, I'm, I'm sold. Like instantly from the first demo I saw, um, I went on it, but the guy's price was just ridiculously expensive. And I'm like, it doesn't make sense financially what it was. Um, so we ended up started researching other organizations. Again, this was a world we didn't know anything about, right? You know, my business partner at the time, you know, that was running the business was doing job fairs for 20 years, you know, and, and he had never heard of virtual job fairs. So we did our research, came in and we, you know, we put some money in. We said, okay, we're going to test the market. So we tested the market and I instantly said, I don't have to travel anymore because I would do a job fair in West Palm Beach tonight, Tampa the next week or, or the next night. Then I'd have to go to Orlando and then Jacksonville then fly up to North Carolina and then drive from Raleigh to Charlotte and then take a flight to Atlanta and do the job fairs. And I was like, you know, now I could do a job fair in the entire state of Florida at one time and be sitting at my desk and have organizations and attendees from all over. So we tested it. I fell in love. Um, the organization out of Jersey didn't like virtual job fairs. They were in person was the only thing. So we, we parted ways, right? Good part. Um, he stayed in person. We went virtual. Um, and then after 10 events on some other platforms were out there, it just wasn't what we wanted. wasn't what our clients wanted. So I said, we're going to build Premier Virtual. So December of 2018, I announced that at a LinkedIn local, we are going 100% virtual. We're going to do virtual job fairs. And all the LinkedIn local, they were, mainly there were recruiters that were there for the per And they were like, yeah, recruiting's never going to work. Recruiting's never going to work. You know, on virtual. And I was like, it's going to work. I, I mean, I talked to my wife and I said, I'm putting everything into this. We're going to build our own platform. Like she's like, whatever you think. And I was like, maybe a struggle for, you know, a year while we're building this. But, you know, and, and we kind of plan that this might take three years to change people's minds, right? A year to develop the software, getting our name out there, getting people, getting to change their mind. I mean, you know, we had a small base of clients, right? And just a, a you know, two small regions. Well, we started developing the software in January of 2019. August of 2019, we started to test it. So we started to run our first job fairs. November, I said, I'm going to change the business model completely. I'm not going to put on job fairs anymore. I'm going to license my software so that more organizations can come in and do national hiring events because that wasn't something that was really being done. People weren't thinking about that. So I said, let's license the software. So we switched from a job fair organization to now a SaaS platform. And in January, we landed our first big client, uh, January of 2020, landed our first big client, the Florida Association of Colleges, chose our platform over everybody else's, and their event was going to be in March. 
So getting there, getting ready, you know, getting our name out there a little bit more, COVID hits in March. So COVID, suddenly we went from a no-name company to our phones ringing. And, you know, we went from a team of three to now we have a team of 22 uh, on staff, plus we have another 10 contractors. So we grew tremendously from April to where we're at. From April until December, we put on over 2,000 virtual job fairs. And they were from the small events, one company that did, you know, multiple locations to national events to one job fair had over 15,000 job seekers on it. So, you know, now we're here today and that's, that's kind of how we got to where we're at. We're just launching our second version of our software right now. Think it's time to sell yet? I mean, if somebody came in with the right offer, absolutely. Um, I turned down, uh, I did, I turned down one offer um, already um, just cause it, it wasn't there, you know, we bootstrapped everything. So yeah. there's no investors behind us or anything. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's kind of, if it was the right number, um, but I always look at, you know, any businesses out there and obviously you're successful, right. St- you know, starting six businesses. I look at a business has th- really three options. That's going to happen. It either goes out of business, which we don't want it. You build it so your kids could take it over one day or you build it and you sell it. Um, so my mindset is kind of as, hey, if I build this so that my kids can take it over and that's the mindset, every decision I make is, so this is a long-term decision, long-term of what we're doing. Um, so that one day if my two boys could come in and take it over, great. But if somebody comes in and says, here's the right number for you, uh, it would make sense. Yeah, there's there's been a, like, I've been in the fourth uh, model of that. Not that not that I like it, but in the fourth model for me has been, I, you know, I run these businesses into the ground in essence, you know, where I know that sounds unusual, weird, but they're, they're businesses that the multiple that you would sell it for, isn't kind of worth it. Right. And so you just keep running them and you build it. So they're self-sustaining so that I don't have to put a lot of time, my own personal time into it. Um, so the, I think there is a fourth model, which okay. is, you run it, it produces great income. And because l- let's face it, I mean, the longer you stay, uh, this, I, we can use your company as an example. The longer you stay in this marketplace, the more competitors are probably going to enter. Correct. Right. So in essence, it deludes uh, what is someone buying? They're certainly not, they may not be buying the technology because uh, you know, the only thing that you have advantage of is you have experience and you've added some great things that might take someone else a while. But there also could be a disadvantage when your technology that you've built your platform on has been outdated, has become right. obsolete, and you don't want to go to a new uh, technology, a new software, because it's a huge rewrite, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, it's just my opinion. I barely know your business, uh, and this isn't the purpose of this podcast. But, you, but um, you're 100% right on that. I mean, we've yeah. already seen it, you know, since COVID hit. Now it's the cool thing to jump into virtual. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, I you know I hate to say it, right? We got lumped in that as well because, you know, we went live right before COVID. And, and a lot of people don't understand, right, to build the technology – it's not something you do overnight, right? This is this was being built for a year to be able to do what we wanted it to do, you know. And now again on our second one, we're you know almost ten months into developing that one as well because we took all the technology that 
I don't want to say lacked, um, but we added more things in there because there was more features, you know, and, and even in my business plan back in 2018, a lot of the features that I wanted to put in, you know, our version, we didn't have in version one, right? Because it was a stepping stone of, okay, here's where we're going to get so that we could build this into kind of a truly all-in-one recruitment platform. Yeah, I uh, you know two of the companies, two I think I have to think of it might have been more, but definitely two, two of the businesses I started, uh, it, it caught waves. In fact, you know the first the first three businesses I started, the whole intent of the purpose was you catch this new wave that's going up, right? Mm-hmm. And the and the, you know the old adage, the a a incoming tide floats all boats, right? So. To start a business when an industry is going up is so much easier than to start a business when that industry is going down. And believe me, I've had the opposite effect too. So, um, so the idea was, you know, one particular company that I had, which got to six million, um, I knew there was going to be a day when that company, the industry, was no longer going to be there, and uh, we just rode the wave for several years, and. Um, it was a great company, very profitable, and and I'm not going to get into details as to you know what caused that, but that that downfall of the industry. But uh, you know the, the the thing that I've learned is um, to recognize you know when to get in and when to get out. So uh, anyway, it's it is interesting. I think you got a great company and a great idea. Um, you know, uh, so. So, you know, one of the top things I know before I went on this podcast and I looked at your website, I thought of, you know, that I wanted to ask you about because then I do these podcasts because I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just curious. Uh, so uh, is what type of people are typically, you know, going to these virtual career fairs to get jobs? What, 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 what are they you know, are they lower level people? Um, you know, uh, what, what are, what are their, what are they like? You know, you get a wide range, um, because you have, you know, with the virtual job fair and, you know, going back to the in-person job fairs, you never had director levels, VP executives come to a job fair, right? All the in-person job fairs were very low level because that VP would say, I'm not going to an in-person job fair. I don't want to be seen at that. There's no jobs for, for me at that. Where now at an in or at a virtual, they could have a tailored event for executives. They can have higher level. And you know what I really did is when I built this platform is knowing the industry and what my clients wanted, what the candidates wanted. I mean, again, we did you know focus groups and sat down and find out what people want out of this and what does a candidate want to see when they go to a job fair. And again, it doesn't matter if they're going to work at a, a fast food, uh, a, a restaurant, or, you know, an executive level. They want to be able to see what does a company do? What kind of jobs do they have? Can they submit their resume? Can they research their company? Can they chat in the video? That is what they want, right? So they'd be able to move very easily, right? And that's how, when we developed this is we developed it from the end user, even if somebody's not tech savvy. So you can get in here, right? That somebody who's a director level could go in and see, okay, I see companies that are hiring for, you know, sales leadership. I just click on that category, like a job board, right? And a job board, what do you do is you say, I want a title and a location. And then they can search everything. So I built that same kind of thing right in the system. 
So that executive or that, you know, director or lower level position can look for a category and say sales leadership, see all of the companies, click on a company and say, okay, no, this isn't what I want to do. Nope. This isn't what I do. Hey, this is a perfect job. I'm going to send my resume. Oh, I like what they do. Hey, now I'm going to start a chat message with this conversation. So you're getting that, you know, that range of all different types of candidates, which you didn't get in the in-person world. So let's take a step back, uh, since I, of course, have never been in a career fair, uh, both from an employer standpoint and a employee standpoint. Um, uh, the so that so you, I thought that ABC Company would come to you and say, uh, Steve, I want to have a career, a virtual career fair, and then you would go out and through your channels. Uh, in essence, uh, and and say ABC companies having a career fair for uh, uh, a technical uh, uh, for computer programmers. You know, I'm trying to make this generic. Right. Computer programmers in Java, right? Yeah. Or, or or a whole bunch of IT technical field areas, right? They're hiring these people, these people, these people, these people, and and then at ten o'clock next Wednesday. You have the career fair and you have the HR person from ABC company and the, and the vice president of IT and one of the employees who actually does the job on there. And at 10 a.m. people show up. Is that the way it works? That's one aspect of the way it works. Yes. So okay. you can, you know, there's multiple aspects to how a virtual career fair could work. So we'll, we'll use your exact thing, right? I say the same thing, right? ABC mortgage is hiring. They're hiring for, you know, loan consultants, underwriters, software developers. They're uh, going for, for, you know, all different types of positions. Now, let's just say they're doing a national job fair uh, as well. They have remote workers. They have offices in Florida, Jersey, Texas, and California. So, again, it can go out and they can advertise, right? Now, one aspect is, is we can help market those. Um, but a lot of times what we do is we kind of consult them on here's the best way to market, um, to try to get the candidates there. Now, sometimes we'll step in and we'll help their marketing with them. Obviously it's, if we do their marketing for them, it's a different cost than just, Hey, using our platform. So, you know, and, and a lot of people are out there saying, I'm going to gouge these people, right? Like I will tell you most of my competitors out there, as soon as COVID hit, they raised their prices about 10 times. So they were trying to make that quick buck where I said, hey, I'm going here as this as I'm looking at the long term, you know, going in. People may say I, I did that the wrong way, you know, but that's not what what my business model was. But you have these companies that come in, right? ABC Mortgage is there. So now we put on the event. It gets marketed out there, national hiring event where the candidates can now come in. They can choose the city. So they could choose South Florida, they could choose New Jersey, they could go in, they could choose remote work, right? So these people can come in and the virtual world opens up everywhere, right? Even people from, you know, overseas or people, you know, in small town Wisconsin where I'm originally from can log into a virtual job fair because they can, maybe they want to move to Florida, uh, but they log in and they choose their location. And from there, once they go to location, they can choose the category of the job. So, okay, I'm looking for software developers. They click on software developers. Now they're talking to that recruiter that is looking for software developers. Okay. So we made it efficient. Okay. Now I'm going to go to the second way that you can do it is, uh, 
we have an organization like uh, Career Source Palm Beach County. So Career Source, every con- every state has something called the Workforce Development Board. Right? Uh, Massachusetts, New Jersey, every everywhere has right. So Florida has, and we'll use Palm Beach County. Uh, so Flo- Palm Beach County has it, and then they have jobs in all different industries. So when that candidate logs into the job fair, they see, hey, there's a job fair. There's a thousand company or a thousand positions that are hiring for it. They log into the job fair. So if a candidate comes in and all they see is just a big list of companies that are there, and let's say they're looking for a marketing job. They click on the first company. It says sales. Second company, accounting. Third, software development. Fourth, sales. By the time they get to the fifth company, they're like, there's nothing here for me. I'm leaving, right? There may be 50 companies that they're going to go to, but they're not going to click on every single one, even though it's very easy to see what they do. Candidates get frustrated, right? We live in a world, everybody wants anything, uh, you know, immediately. So what we do is we build the categories. So now we have sales, marketing, software development, uh, this. So now that candidate comes in and say, hey, I'm looking for a marketing position. They click on marketing. They only see the companies that are hiring for marketing. So now they go in and they talk. Now, on the backside of this, this recruiter that's hiring for marketing is not talking to people that are looking for software development jobs because it makes it efficient for them, too, because people aren't wasting time, right? If they're looking for marketing, they're not going in the software development side. So they come in and that candidate sees them and then they see what the company does. They see their jobs. They submit their resumes and they can start chatting and go instantly into a video interview. So it's very efficient, either from an individual company that is doing, you know, doing job fairs, um, you know, and or to, a, you know, a company that's putting on large job fairs, like the one that had 600 companies and 15,000 job seekers, you know, that can't be done in person. Yeah, I, um, I wonder if, uh, you know, I think the thing that frustrates people the most, God, I, I've been interviewed for a job in 30 years. Right. Um, But I know the thing that uh, frustrates the the employee the most, if you're talented, let's face it, uh, is, you know, going on seven, 10 interviews, having to repeat the same thing over and over and over again. um, it, It takes a lot out of you. And, you know, so is there a way for you to. I know, you know, to have one person interview, let me use that interview question, that interview thing, in a, and I'll explain it in a second, interview with 10 companies at the same time, but have generalized questions so that, you know, not, so you don't have the recruiters you know, asking all these different questions. So like, it would be like me being in a podcast with you right now Mm -hmm. with 10 other podcasters like me. And uh, uh, did did that come into thought process? Yeah. So we have, and that's a great question because that's something that's in our, in our new technology is when a candidate creates a profile, Right now, and in, 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 in out there a lot of times, what happens, they talk about applicant tracking systems, right? Candidate yep. comes in, if you don't have the keywords in, you're not yep. going to get through, right? Because they scan it, they look for the keywords. You know, and back, back, you know, when I was in the in-person job fair world, I used to tell people, here's how you get around that. You take your resume, you don't just 
take your resume and spam it out to everybody out there, right? Because that's just, people are going to call you. It's not the right fit. But if you want that job, especially the talented person, you want that job, you go and you look at the job description. Then you take that job description. Now you're not going to copy that job description, but guess what? You say tomato, I say tomato. It means the exact same thing, right? But you know, you may not get because of the title, what your title was at ABC company means something completely different at XYZ. So you're not going to, all of a sudden it's going to pass any resume, even though it's a perfect fit. So I would tell them, take your resume, take what they did and, and make it yours, right? Your word, what you did, but based on their job description, because that's how you can get to this ATS. So I've never, never liked that automated system. So what I did is I believe a candidate is more than a resume. So when that candidate creates their profile in our system is they create their bio. So they put a bio, right? Just like their cover letter, but they have a bio that every company can see. From there, they put their bio, they put in all of their um, past job descriptions. So it's like they're clicking on the box so the companies can see this, right? So that's step two. Step three is we have interview questions, agnostic questions that are basic. Doesn't matter if you're applying for NASA, or McDonald's, tell us about yourself, tell us what you're looking for, and a couple other questions that are out there so that these candidates can have a live video interview that they're recording in the system. Now, each one of the companies can go in and see the resume, the bio, the experience, and watch their videos. So now when that candidate comes in, they can say, hey, these are the 10 candidates that I want to talk to. So it does exactly what you're saying um, on there. And then when it, when a company says we're interested in that candidate, the candidate, it's tracked in there, my journey. So the candidate knows here are the companies that are interested in me that want to schedule interviews with me. So it kind of does that. Yeah. I uh, share something with you. I, two of my companies were staffing companies and, uh, so one of the companies was called Expert Seeker, and we placed really high-end technical consultants on temporary assignments in real big Fortune 500 companies. And um, and so when I got into that, yeah, I wasn't really uh, I wasn't really an exactly a technical guy. So um, which you know, getting into fields I knew nothing about never stopped me. But uh, but I thought. One thing you just said, what I thought was really true. One is my clients who were doing the interviews knew more about the technologies than I did. So I said, how can I push this information to them and um, so that they can be better at making a decision outside of the resume? Mm-hmm. Because the resume, like you said, you know, especially from a technical standpoint, these guys – and, and these people, guys and women, both, a lot of people suck at putting a resume together. And so I, I, I went to get a patent on something that I had thought of called e-resume. And this is uh, 20 years ago and uh, more than that. But, and, and um, what it was, was, you know, a recording of somebody answering generic questions um, and back then it was, I was using MP3 so that, so it, it you know, this, that was the new technology yeah. compressed, <laughs> compressed files, yeah. but it wasn't, it wasn't video. It, it was just audio. Okay. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, I, 
I couldn't get it patented. And when you know you find out about a patent, how expensive they are to get in the process and stuff like that. And you know, after about you know ten thousand dollars, oh, I mean, no, I don't think it was that much. At six thousand, I think I dropped it. I said, oh, you know. But that was always in the back of my head. And then you know, along came late, much later, LinkedIn, which you know, I wouldn't say it did the, the audio part, but you know, but um, but you know, it kind of fits into the theme of what you're saying. A resume doesn't exactly tell you, doesn't tell you about the the true candidate, you know, it doesn't tell you about their people skills or communication skills, um, all these other things, nor does a, a, a video tell you about their, well, like I think it does tell you about a little bit about maybe about their people skills. Um, so, I mean, what are the type of things that you think your company are going to add going forward, the big picture? So we want to be able to have this organization or, or, or Premier Virtual. Kind of my, my roadmap of what we have is um, we are just as we are speaking, it's getting developed a networking lounge so that candidates can go in and, and, and talk with each other. Because like at job fairs, sometimes candidates talk with each other because maybe this company, this candidate interviewed for a job and it wasn't a good fit, but this one is a better fit for them. Um, we're you know continuing to upgrade the uh, the video resume piece to me. That is a big piece. Now, if you go kind of where you said, right, the MP3s, if you go back to 2012, 2013, um, I had organizations come to me and they're like, hey, we got this new technology. It's video resumes. And this is going to be the new thing. And I'm like, okay, do you want to come to my job fairs? Right. You have your people make the video resumes and then they can go from there. And it was one after the uh, next. They all went out of business just wasn't a market for it then. And then I had an organization come to me and he was creating a veterans job board and me being a veterans, he's like, Steve, I want you to be on the board, you know, help me build this company. And I was like, okay. He's like, and we're going to do video resumes. I go, no, you're not. It's not going to work. I go, I'm watching these companies go out of business. It's a great technology, but it's not working. Right. But it was the timing of it at that point. It wasn't ready. Now we built it into our platform because people can continue to have, you know, ask these questions to be able to have that. Um, you know, we want to be able to have where it's a, you know, the virtual hiring rooms. So your enterprise clients out there that have, you know, 500 company or 500 offices can have their own virtual hiring room that's open 24 seven. That's a big thing going forward, having it so that they're using it almost as their own internal job board um, where they can have this companies doing national job fairs. That wasn't something that was talked about years ago besides, you know, the big guy out there, Amazon. Right. And if you look at Amazon in 2018, they said, we're going to hire 10,000 people in a week. 2019, we're going to hire 30,000 people in a week. 2020, we're going to hire 100,000 people. Right. Because they thought the big picture. But these other companies out there, you know, I had a, I had a call with a client a couple of weeks ago and they've been a client of mine for nine years in my job fair. And I said, hey, why don't we do a statewide virtual job fair for you? Right. Florida State in the entire organization. They're like, you can do that. We never thought about this. And this is a national huge company, but they're not thinking. Right. Because so many people think, OK, here's my local area. Here's what I'm going to recruit it. But when you start doing the national events. That makes national news. You know, the U.S. Army chose our platform this year and they did their 35 uh, day uh, recruiting event, which was kind of cool. I'm not going to lie, because I remember when I went into the Army, I watched, I watched these big laser discs as I sat in the recruiters, you know, and, and as we were going over everything with the, you know, with the top of the line of what was going to happen in the platform. I go, this is kind of cool to think 
I looked at a big laser disc. <laughs> one little thing, and then you had to take out the big laser disc, put in the next big laser disc, and this is what we would see. I go, and now you're using my platform, and a candidate can click on a box and see every MOS and job that's out there in a less than you know thirty to forty five minutes. Um, so continue to make it you know efficient. Always adding you know new things that's out there. I mean, the market changes a lot now. With you know somebody comes out and they say, hey, here's a cool new idea. Well, then all of a sudden you got to, you know, like, how do I integrate this and how do I stay ahead? Because, you know, we talked about earlier, right? The competition, right? Competition is coming out, you know, and, and a lot of people think out there is, hey, here's some cool technology, right? This is going to be great technology. But they don't think about the end user, right? I may not be, right? These, these trade shows, you know, virtual trade shows that are selling, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to have this trade show, to have a little person walking around and be able to go in that. That's not a job fair one, right? That doesn't work, right? You got to make it sexy, but easy for that end user that they can go in and see what they want, right? Also, that recruiter has to be easy and giving them, you know, data. We give more data than, than people can have. And we're adding new analytics uh, as we speak so that people know how long a candidate is in a booth. Right. And, and I never liked that before because I don't believe the time in an event means what was more successful because somebody could come in, see the five companies they want, schedule their interviews, and then somebody else could be in there all three hours of the event. But all they were doing is they were logged into the event, but they had their feet up, you know, kicked up watching Jerry Springer the whole time and on the phone. Um, so I didn't like the time, but being able to give these organizations uh, analytics is the, is the biggest thing. And that's what our clients love. I mean, we have live reports, so they know what's going on. Uh, every single minute of the event. I love it. I love it. I would, I would love that business. I, I, you know, one is a SaaS business, <laughs> which is fantastic. So SaaS is software as a service model, which one thing I love, I, I own a SaaS business. It's very, very, very small. And um, I've had it for 15 years and it just throws off revenue, but it's, it's just great. And my business partner and I, you know, we were talking about starting uh, another company and, you know, we were like, let's look at SaaS as a model because it fits our lifestyle that we kind of want. Um, so, I mean, I just love it. i tell you what I love about a SaaS business like yours, and that is you can come up, I, I'm an, I'm, I tend to be an idea factory and I'm good at, at implementing the ideas, but you can kind of always improve your business with SaaS businesses, you know, like, one of the things that you were talking, I was thinking about was, you know, like dissecting the interview and then making it n different and new and more productive. So like, for example, is what, what happens in an interview, you always say, okay, well, you worked for ABC company. Tell me a little bit about what you did there. Because, you know, if someone says they're a Java programmer and they worked on this application, you don't, they don't put everything that's involved in that type of work that they did. They don't talk about the middleware and, you know, I'm getting a little technical here, but all this other stuff that they did, they don't talk about the teams that they were on and what they had to do and the, the, the challenges they had to deal with. And that's what you ask for in the interview. Well, if somebody had the ability to just click on a button and, and get into real detail about what they did on that assignment. Now, again, I, I can be a talker, so I guess it, I would do well in creating my resume and talking about the assignment. Um, but if you can mimic that so that someone in your IT department, and again, I'm using IT, but yeah. someone in your IT department would say, oh, he worked on Java here and click on the button and hear him talking 
uh, you know, on demand. So I don't have to schedule a time to speak to the candidate. I, that's a powerful uh, capability. And uh, so, I, I mean, that's what I like about your business that, you know, you can come up with a million ideas to reinvent how to hire people. Absolutely. And, you know, that's just, that's one aspect, right? You're talking about IT De- developers and I had to learn how to talk to developers. You know, I, I say that, you know, how you talk to a salesperson and how you talk to a developer, it's a little different, right? Yes. And, you know, and they have a complete different language, you know, and, and, and I'm on the interviews with my director of IT and somebody will say, hey, we have Laravel experience. That's what, you know, our platform is on. So this is great. And he'll go, what number Laravel? Yeah. This is what happened last week. And, and you know, she was like, four? And he goes, yeah, you haven't worked on Laravel in a while, right? So instantly, no, right? <laughs> if you have somebody write that resume, yeah. says Laravel, hey, this is great. Yeah. But once you get into it, it's the tech aspect of, you know, what stacks have you worked on? What have you done? Yeah. Right? So learning, right, is I had to learn that language as well um, in the business. And, and, and I don't understand 100%, right? I'm that guy that, you know, is, is comes from a different world as I built this company because here's the idea, but then I put the people around me that sure. know everything um, so that, that we can get through there. But you have to always reinvent. And, and like you said, right, hit a button to be able to watch that person. But now if you take it a step further as well is, you know, if that resume comes in, right, what happens? The resume comes in. Okay, this looks good. Let's schedule an interview, right? The old school way was, hey, bring them into the office, right? So now you're going to schedule about 30 minutes with them. And you may find out, right, on the development side, this person is full of it in the first couple minutes. But you had 30 minutes blocked off. Now what you can do is, you know, you're not asking to leave. And a salesperson, I might say, hey, this, this isn't the right fit. I can feel this isn't going to be a good fit, right? But on here with the virtual aspect is they can watch the video and they can say, okay, here's the ones we feel are a good fit. Now we can do a quick video interview, right? And, and I know a lot of people use Zoom in this, but if you're talking about in the virtual job fair world, it's that um, going from that candidate coming through and then chatting and getting into a video, that's not meant to be that long, drawn out 30 minutes to an hour interview. It's quick what kind of person are they? Do I want to move them to that next step, right? So you watch the video, you have a quick video with them, and then you can move them to the next step. So these virtual career fairs are bringing in hundreds and thousands of people or hundreds or thousands of people, and they can weed through them pretty quickly to say, okay, here, watch video, had a quick video. Now here's who I want to bring into my my long-term things. So it makes it efficient because everything out there is, you know, time, efficiency, and that's what recruiters want. Right. They want to yeah. be able to move that. Yeah. I think that there's another a- angle too that I, I thought about before you came on. And I'm like, for some reason, I just, I've always been interested in, I think the number one thing that builds a company is culture. I, I you know, I think it's the number one, the culture, the personality of the company, identifying that early, reinforcing it and hiring people that fit into that culture. But now with virtual and let's go, after way after COVID, you know, I think it's obvious that remote work is the new standard for a majority of people. Mm-hmm. Okay. That working in an office is just not, and any company that I think as much as I think that culture and building it in person is, is critical. Um, I think that if companies don't offer, uh, 
if they don't do virtual um, work for their for hiring for their people, you are going to miss out on a huge swath of talented people that you can pay less for. So I think, you know, I'm, I'm, so what I'm trying to say, I'm very interested in this idea of remote work and how it's going to change businesses. By the way, my idea is that a, a company owner, if they go in that model, is going to have to spend a lot of time, more time, intentionally building culture virtually. And so, yeah, and I, I know you're shaking your head. Yes. And um, um, up and down. Yes. And um, and I think so uh, the, what I'm what I'm trying to say is I think, you know, if you have to use virtual career fairs to reach those people that you're going to allow to work remotely in Wisconsin or I just got back from South Dakota on vacation and, you know, you can get someone out in South Dakota who's a who is really talented, who doesn't want to leave his state and yep. pay pay him, a, you know, two thirds of what you were going to pay someone in South Florida. And they're going to stay with you because you accommodated the idea that they can work, work virtually. Now, of course, the problems come into managing them and that's a whole different story. But uh, that's why I'm excited about your idea, your company, in the, and for our listeners, too, to say, move to hiring people virtually because they'll keep them virtual and you'll have a competitive advantage. You, you have to be remote work. Right now, you have to. And, well, right and- now, you have to. But I think in a year from now, and this is hopefully behind us, hopefully it's a year, um, you know, uh, I think there's going to be, I think that's, that's the new norm. You got to be able to let people work virtually. And of course, the biggest problem, uh, Steve, I, I think you would agree, is how to manage people virtually. You know, it, it is a challenge. So I have um, staff that comes in every day. I yeah. have staff that comes in a couple days a week. And then I have some that never come in that, that work outside the state. So you, you touched on culture, right? Culture. I, I believe sometimes you can hire for culture, right? Come in, somebody's going to fit in with the team and, and, and I don't care, right? If you look at my Salesforce, I have somebody from every race, every religion, you know, that, that's here, right? And we have young, we have old uh, or older. So it is, you know, it's a big mix, right? A melting pot. But we all enjoy working. We all learn from each other, right? And that's kind of the big thing is because how do you take and, and, you know, I'll say it back when COVID hit, you know, we had the office, we had a couple new people that had, you know, just started to come in and said, you got to go work from home. And I had one person that she's still with me, right? She is now an, an account manager that takes care of all of our clients. We had another person that he'd jump on the calls and he's sitting in bed uh, every morning conference call. And we're like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, wow. oh, well, and I'm like, well, all of a sudden you can see, right? That production, he was phenomenal in the office. You put him at home, he didn't want to work. So, you know, we we were sitting there and, and I think everybody comes in and says, right, and, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but I, I look at the good in people and say, if you're a hard worker, right, you're going to be a hard worker wherever you, wherever you go. You know, it's it's kind of a mindset, right? If you're lazy, 
you're going to be lazy, right? Like I always tell people when they come in, I'm like, listen, I can teach you the product. I can teach you how to sell the product. I can teach you about our company. What I can't teach you is hard work. I can't teach you, you know, how to not be lazy, right? If you're lazy and you have a bad attitude, I can't do anything either than Tony Robbins or Tony Orton, right? We can try, but you have to come in. You have to want it, right? You have to have, you know, a, a work ethic. You have to have a positive attitude. And those are things that I look for more than experience. Like if you look at a lot of my team out there, they may not have had the most experience in the position they're in, but they fit what we wanted at the company. And then they came in and then we moved them around into different positions to what fits where their experience is a little bit more. Um, but, and, you know, building that too on the remote, like we, like you talked about, you know, I don't love, right. Everybody's doing right. Happy hours a lot on zoom. Right. And we do that. But now I said, okay, no more, right. Just happy hours. No more, just a, you know, a wind down today. It's actually wind down Wednesday. But when we do these, we now have agendas for our events, right? So we had one of our team, I said, okay, you two today are going to build a murder mystery on our platform. So they went out and they built a murder mystery, just like a clue game. So then they put teams together to be able to have fun, right? And it's, it's, you know, different people and different teams and they'll always have something different, right? Next now, you know, the, uh, a lot of the team is big into football. So they came in and they are doing something with football teams, right? They're calling it a draft. So they're making it fun and you have to make, you can't do the same thing over and over and say, Hey, yeah. at five o'clock, we're all going to get on zoom. Or we're going to do a yeah. quick toast. To each other. That doesn't build a culture, you know, and in the remote workforce, I mean, you see people right now are saying, if you're not offering a remote position, you're already behind schedule. Yeah, I agree. That is yeah. people, people want to, you know, I'll use Wisconsin, right? So, where I grew up in Wisconsin was like on, it was out in the, out in the sticks, right? I lived in the woods. I, we didn't have cable uh, until I was 13 years old. And then they like took MTV off because it was too risque. Like I didn't have AC in my house growing up, right? Mm. I lived in small town, Wisconsin and, you know, people love it out there, right? Some of my family loves where they live, right? But they would never want to work, live anywhere else. But if they can log in and they can work remote, that's perfect. You know, I saw a thing on LinkedIn a couple of years ago about, um, and I don't remember the exact two cities, but I think it was somewhere in California, a beach town in, in California and Columbus, Ohio. And they showed what a $2 million house looked like. Now, not everybody out there can buy a $2 million house, but they just showed that how this little shack in California, but people wanted to live there because it was California. Well, now with, you know, the restrictions and, and all those major companies out there saying, Hey, you can work remote. How many people from California are moving to Texas? You know, my father-in-law owns a, a farm in Oklahoma and he's like people from California moving to Oklahoma because they want the land and they can still do their job, you know, and all the people from New York are moving and, and New Jersey are moving down to Florida, you know, because they can work in their job back in the city and they can be down here. Yeah. Well, it's certainly you know, we're, we're seeing the, uh, the, a huge wave that's changing. I think a virtual career fairs is um, if, if I had a big team and I was doing hiring, I would be doing it that way. So, um, you know, it, it's great podcast, very timely, um, you know, I've learned a lot and, uh, uh, you know, I actually, as uh, I have a, 
um, a 21 year old son, very, very talented computer science major at, at uh, Boston University. He's already had um, uh, he's already had seven internships in, wow. in in his career. I mean, so really amazing. And so I mean, I'm going to have him listening to this because I have not introduced the idea to him about virtual career fairs for him. You know, so one of my takeaways to him too was just to let our listeners know is also uh, to you know interesting this you were saying about you know building your resume from the outside in so it's just an interesting takeaway so that people can uh find him you know which i I hadn't thought of which is a makes a lot of sense but number two if you're an owner of a business um you better be doing uh virtual career fairs you you just i just think you got to do it and then certainly doing it through steve's guy hey listen it's it's obvious in this podcast that steve's company really knows what they're doing (laughs) you know they really you know he's really doing some cutting edge stuff and i think over the next year or two i'm sure he's has a lot more coming down so you know again steve's company's premier virtual and it's um uh the website is premiervirtual.com um, good stuff. I haven't had a lot of podcasts that I that are this good. I thought Steve, you did a really great job. I really appreciate you coming you. on. Well, so, I unfortunately, you having- yeah, unfortunately, I mean, I think I could go on for another hour to be honest with you. But, <laughs> you know, um, I, you know, just from a, an entrepreneur standpoint. Um, but uh, you know, I would like to thank so much, very much, Steve Edwards from Premier Virtual for coming on to today's podcast. If you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And of course, if you are looking for a line of credit for your business, you can call us at 862-207-4118 or visit our website at fscreditline.com. Again, that's Financing Solutions, fscreditline.com. Steve, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? They can go right to our website, premiervirtual.com. They can see what we do and they can schedule a demo with one of my team members and see how we can help you and your organization uh, help recruit the right talent. Great. And uh, if our listeners are interested in getting any new business ideas, I tweet daily uh, about lessons for business owners at shalasnik, S-H-A-L-A-S-N-I-K. and, you know, I think the tweets that I really send out are really, really great. I know the one I sent out today was I just got back from vacation and I said, you know, whenever you get back from vacation, you always look at the work that you're doing and you, and you kind of reset and you say, okay, where was I spending my time and how can I change that? So that was one of the tweets that I sent out today. So I want to thank everyone for listening and uh, also please uh, get out, enjoy the, the great weather that we're seeing right now. Um, it's nice to get out and, uh, you know, smell the roses, so to speak. Get some fresh air. There you go. Get some fresh air. Okay. Everybody have a fantastic day is really great seeing everybody or uh, Steve and listening to everybody else. Thanks. See you later. Mm -hmm. Bye.